morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. So, for those of you that are veterans in here, we salute you, we celebrate you, and for that matter, if you've served in the military, or if you've had a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter that have served this community or served this country, would you please just stand so we could just recognize you? Again, if you've served this country or have a child that has, would you just stand up? Amen? Come on, let's give them a hand. Amen. Thank you, guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Amen. Thank you, thank you. You can be seated. I know my father was in the back. He was standing as well. But folks, we are so appreciative. And thank you for this, the sacrifice that you made to serve this country. And in doing so, that allows us to worship like we're doing this morning in freedom with the liberty to serve and know the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So if you know a veteran, be sure to give them a hug, shake their hand, tell them thank you. Again, if you know somebody that lost somebody, be sure just to, again, acknowledge them and love on them for the sacrifice that they've made. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to continue with our series. In fact, we're going to conclude the series that we've been uh, sharing with you over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, the, the series title was called Ghost Stories. And if you recall, we strategically did that just around the, the Halloween season because we know so many people just uh, uh, really just uh, dive headfirst into that whole season. And so if, if you didn't know, uh, during that season, we did a trick-or-treat trail uh, out on our property, and we had, man, I don't know, close to a 1,000 people that came through here. And, man, it was just amazing the impact that we made. Now, again, you say, well, where's all those people at? Well, they're probably still at home sleeping in right now, but that's okay. We had the opportunity of loving on them with the love of God in a practical way, and that's what it's all about is just making them aware of the fact that we're here to serve them, to love them, and to, to be a part of their life if they so desire to allow us to to, to be invested in them. And so again, uh, we started that series along those lines. And we said that in regards to the ghost stories, there are stories in our lives that tend to haunt us, that tend to come creeping back into our lives. And if you recall, uh, we started looking at worry and fear and how that begins to haunt us. We, we looked at how uh, if we're not careful because of hurts and bitterness in our life, that unforgiveness can, can take us captive. And therefore, as a result, those hauntings of those things in the past can come creeping back into our lives. And last week, we talked about just the haunting of shame, how shame can become our story or a ghost story in our life that can just begin to have an effect or affect the way that we live this life. And so today we're going to conclude this series with the greatest ghost story of all. You realize that every one of us have a history that we've all experienced, but God desires for us to have a future. He's already made a purchase and a price and paid the price so that we could have a future. And so many times we don't experience that future because of the history or the ghost stories that seem to haunt us and dog us through life. And so, as I said, we're going to dig into and dive into this last morning looking at the greatest ghost story there is. And so, if I can, I want to bring your attention to John's Gospel, chapter 14. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, if, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. I will not leave you orphans or leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he says, I'll send you the spirit of truth. Now, one of the things that we see continuing in regards to what Jesus spoke of there is he said, I'm going to send you something that is going to help you have the advantage in life. And the spirit of truth that he's talking about is the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so just for the sake of going along with our title, if I can just call him as maybe the, the King James would call him as the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because, again, we've been talking about ghost stories, right? So we, we could say it this way. Jesus sent us the Holy Ghost to be our helper, right? But in that scripture, Jesus sandwiches this idea of sending the helper, the Holy Ghost, to us with something on the front and something on the back. On the back end, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. In other words, I'm not going to leave you being abandoned, being without a family. He says, I'm going to produce and give you a family. In fact, the Heavenly Father wants to be your daddy, right? In fact, when I was talking to my class this past uh, week on the exam night, one fellow that's in the class, he said to me when I asked about the giving and receiving uh, information, what did you learn? And with tears in his eyes and barely being able to talk, he said, one of the things that I learned is how much God loves me in this class. He said, I grew up not having a dad. And the funny thing is, is that he is very successful as a businessman. I think he's a vice president of, of some company. And he said, but I grew up not having a dad. And he said, so I never knew a dad that I could go to and say, Dad, can I have some help? Dad, can I have some money? Dad, will you, will you just help me in this area of my life? He said, so therefore, I always looked at God as being a God that I could never go to. I always thought of God being absent in that area. He said, but I learned that God is a generous God and that God wants to be my daddy, that God wants to be my father. And like I said, with tears filling his eyes and, and barely being able to speak, he was talking about the goodness of God. And that's what Jesus said here. He says, I want you to experience a good dad that loves you. But then on the front side of that, Jesus says something equally significant. He says, now if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, those two things together are things that we as parents experience firsthand, right? Because we say, you know, I'm going to be your dad but I want you to obey me. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And so as our kids are growing up, what is the things that they seem to do the most is they seem to rebel against what we ask them to do, right? And so he says, now listen, I'm going to love on you, and I want you to be the family that I always desired. He said, but just, just purpose to listen to what I tell you. And how many of you know kids just don't like to do what the daddies tell them to do sometimes, right? My mom used to say it this way. She said, quit acting like a snot-nosed kid. <laughs> And that was her way of saying, you're not acting right. Quit acting like a snot-nosed kid, right? How many of you know that sometimes we as kids or God's kids can act like those snot-nosed kids, right? And so as we look in the Bible, there's a story that Jesus tells us. And actually, he's telling us about a family and a father with his two sons. And as we look at these two sons, we, we oftentimes look at the first 
But actually, the scripture tells us that both of his boys were snot-nosed, man. They just were snot-nosed kids. And it's the story of the prodigal son. You know it. Uh, the, The Bible tells us that there was one son that just got tired of his dad telling him what to do. He said, Dad, I've I've come of age, and I'm ready to do my own thing. And he said, so, Dad, if you can just give me my inheritance, I'll be on my way, and I'll live my life, and I'm going to get out from underneath of your house. And the father says, okay, I'll give you what's rightfully yours. And the Bible says that the prodigal son left the father's house, and he just went and partied his life away. In fact, it's interesting when you look at the Scripture because as long as he had the money to produce the party, he had all kinds of friends, but once the party ended, there was no friends to be found. In fact, the Bible says that he was looking for work, and he finally found a farmer that would hire him to to, to feed the pigs, and how he made a living was simply eating the pig slop. And it was in that moment that he had clarity to say, Dear God, look at how far that I've fallen. I've had a roof over my head, a dad that loved me, a family that I was a part of, and here I am eating pig slop and I'm in the manure, and man, I'm just a sight to be seen. And he said, I'm going to go back to dad's house. And the Bible says he went back to his father's house, and from afar off, his father saw him coming, and he ran, and he met him, and he grabbed him and held him to his chest and said, my boys, come home. And it says that he prepared a big banquet and restored him and put a ring on his finger and gave a robe and just put him back in his rightful place. And it's really significant or it symbolizes the heart of God towards us as his kids because you realize that that son, even though he didn't listen to what the father said or he decided to rebel, do you realize that he didn't lose his relationship with his father? I mean, that's still his dad, right? I mean, he's still his boy. That's my family. So he didn't lose his relationship with his father, but he broke fellowship, right? And oftentimes, that's what happens to us as snot-nosed kids to God. Sometimes we break our fellowship with God. We're still in the family, but we just, we just want to do our own thing. And Jesus said, I, I've come to give you the helper, the Holy Ghost. And if you just listen to what I said, I could help you. But again, we choose to do our own thing, right? And like I said, we oftentimes focus on that first son, the prodigal son. But the Bible tells us of the second son that was still there in the house. And the Bible says that he got a bent attitude. He's like, Dad, what's up, man? He says, you know, here this son, you give him his inheritance. He blows it, parties it away, comes back bawling and squalling, and you restore him. He said, Dad, I never left the house. I was here. I was faithful. I was consistent in my attendance to the the roll call of the needs of here on the, the property. And he says, Dad, you never gave me no party like that. You never threw me a banquet. You never honored me like that. What's up? I've been faithful. And the father said, son, he says, all that I've had has always been yours. He said, we could have had a party anytime you wanted to. It was yours to be had. So again, what we see is just really another example of a snot-nosed kid that just doesn't want to go along with the process and begins to feel sorry for themselves. And what do we do as God's kids sometimes? We're coming to church. We're being faithful. We can look at those other ones and say, man, you haven't been to church in so long. You know, just yeah, no wonder you're having trouble in your life because you haven't been to church. I come to church every Sunday, right? I come to church, I'm faithful, but we got a stinky attitude. God, how come you ain't taking care of me like that? Seems like everybody else gets blessed. How come I'm not getting blessed, right? 
And so as a result, we have this disgruntled attitude towards God. Now Jesus said, I've, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost or the Helper. He goes on to say this in verse 26 of the same chapter of John, chapter 14. It begins to expound a little bit more of who the Holy Ghost is. Again, remember, we're talking about ghost stories, right? So we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And it says this. It says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, He'll be a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He says, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I've told you. So this is what he said the Holy Ghost will do. See, we're, we're talking about the greatest ghost story. He said, this Holy Ghost, he will always be working to help you on your attitude. He will help you and comfort you when you're, you, you find that there's those stories that come back and continually try to haunt you. He'll stand by your side when you need support. He'll strengthen you when you find that you're in a position of weakness and He's endeavoring to help you come to a place of experiencing freedom in the way that God wants you to experience that. And the Bible says this, that He will teach you all things. Well, one of the things that we know that the Holy Spirit will teach us through is through the Word of God. In fact, as we begin to read the Bible, when the, the Bible all of a sudden becomes alive to us, it's really the voice of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost talking to us and beginning to teach us the things that Jesus is wanting us to know. Right? But now, one of the things that I've just learned over the years is that not everybody is excited about the Bible. In fact, it's interesting that oftentimes when people finally receive Christ, when they ask Jesus to come into their heart, it's not necessarily the first thing that they go running to do. It's like, man, I've never read this, this book in the last 40 years, but I'm just going to start reading this Bible. I found that most people don't just jump right into reading this book. In fact, oftentimes you'll hear people say, it's hard to understand. It's confusing, right? Isn't that what you've heard or maybe you've said that before? Well, so what God begins to do to help teach us is He teaches us through the preaching and the teaching of God's Word through church. So in other words, you come to church and you begin to hear the preaching and the teaching of God's Word and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost begins to take that Word and begin to cultivate it in your heart. Remember we said this last week that the Word of God is like a mirror that begins to reveal to us who we are in Christ. It reveals who we are but it also reveals discrepancies of saying, oh, we need to make an adjustment here. We need to adjust that there. God's Word never brings condemnation. It never brings judgment. But through the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, He begins to help make adjustments so that we can experience God's best. Right? And so we see that, that people begin to engage or see the working of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit through church. Now, if I can, I want to just give you an example that hopefully this will help make it come more clear. 
just to kind of help give you a, an illustration of what we're talking about. You realize that when we receive Christ, the Bible says that he makes the old man new. In fact, the Bible says that we're vessels. And so what Jesus does and what the Holy Spirit does through what Jesus came to do is that he, came, he comes and makes our vessel clean. He removes the sin. When we say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, he makes the vessel clean. Woo, come on, right? He makes our vessel clean, and we're brand new in Jesus, and we stand fresh in the presence of God, and we're in the family now. But one of the things that we begin to experience, that even though the vessel is clean, we still got this outward man that seems to struggle with stuff. Remember, we talked about those ghost stories of, uh, of, uh, of worry and fear. We start to pay attention to those things, and we begin to f- hear the hauntings of, of unforgiveness and those things that have been done wrong to us. We, we start to feel the shame of things that we've done wrong, and, and we start to look at all the things that we've been uh, experiencing in our life, the hardships of, of our finances. We begin to look at just the failures we've experienced in our family, in our marriages, and, and, and we begin to look at all these things that we have experienced in life, the labels that people have put on us and so we were once a clean vessel but all of a sudden the hauntings of those ghost stories begin to clutter and cloud up the clarity of who we are in Christ amen but thankfully we come to church we've asked Christ into our hearts so we continually come to church and therefore as we come to church we allow God to begin to fill us and the Holy Spirit begins to pour into our lives we begin to hear the word of God when we come to church and the Holy Spirit begins to do a work on the inside and we start to sense some changes but we look at the outside and say well not a whole lot's changed but I know something's changing on the inside because when I when I come to church man I feel the presence of God when we worship God I I feel something different I I might even get a goosebump I might even have a tear in my eye I know that when I I come to church it gets a little juicy right but after I leave church and it was juicy at church I go from every day week to week Monday through Friday and it gets dry again Right? Have you ever experienced that where I come to church and, man, it gets juicy. I like being at church. And then Monday starts. <laughs> and it goes back to, to being dry. Right? But what do we do? We stay at it. We stay consistent. We continue to go to church and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in our hearts as the Word of God is being preached and taught to us. And the Word of God begins to transform our lives. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to continue to pour Look at what begins to happen. All those things that were on the inside start to bubble up and fall off of me. And I begin to experience great change. I mean, those things that once began to identify me, those hauntings that I experienced, they begin to fall off. And my life begins to change. And I'm looking at what God's doing. I'm thinking, God, it's better than it's ever been before. Have you ever been there? But here's the trick of those ghost stories. You see, God's doing a work and he's filling us up and we're coming to church and we're being consistent. But we start looking at how things have been really getting good. My finances are getting in a better 
place than they've ever been before. Our marriage is really good. Everything seems to be just in a better place. And I experience the joy of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And all of a sudden we get complacent. Because everything was going really good. And then therefore I started to back off. I started to back away. And I stopped allowing the Holy Ghost to continue to pour into me. And I start getting stagnant. The Bible calls this as being lukewarm. I allow myself to start getting lukewarm. Where once I was growing in God and God was doing some amazing things. All of a sudden those ghost stories start coming back. And I start feeling like a failure again. And I still look in the mirror and I see these things that are going on. And so therefore I start to act out the way I used to act. I go back to old ways of life. I go back to old lifestyles. Well, you know what? I need a crutch because I was feeling really good, but I just need something to make me feel good. I can't wait till Friday or Saturday night because, boy, when I, when I get to Friday or Saturday night, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Sunday used to be my good time, but now I just need to go back to the old way of living because Friday, Saturday night, man, it's going to make me feel good. And all it is is a crutch because you were experiencing the goodness of God, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit working on the inside, transforming life. But as we start to take a step back, we start to feel the pressures and all those hauntings that once were there. Here's one thing that I want you to question yourself. If we allow ourselves to get to that place, what do people see? Do people see Christians, the family of God, living victoriously? Or do they see the family of God living hypocritically? You know, I I showed you this example right here. If I was to have somebody go stand at the back of the parking lot back there and say, what do you see? How many of you know they're not going to see the water that's at the bottom? They're going to see all the ping pong balls that are at the top, right? That's what they're going to see. And so when we're living a hypocritical life, you know what people are seeing? They're not seeing all the things that God's doing. They're seeing the things that you're doing. And you say, well, why does that matter? Because God doesn't want you just to get full. He doesn't want you to get all those uh, tags and, and, and identifications that somebody has said about you just to get you free. He wants you to get free so you can help somebody else experience the Holy Ghost. That they can experience a new uh, uh, story in their own life rather than the one that they've been experiencing. But remember we said this last week that Jesus doesn't focus on the sin. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He's not about bringing out your faults. He's not about pointing out where you've made mistakes. He just keep, wants to keep pouring into you. And so rather than letting all those hauntings keep you from God, let it push you into the arms of God. Notice what happens. If I just continue to say, God, fill me up. Holy Spirit, just consume my life. Lord, I want you just to fill me to overflowing. Notice what happens. As you allow the Holy Spirit to continue to pour into you, pour into you, pour into you, notice what happens. All those things that were on the inside of you no longer can be in you because you are filled and consumed with Him. Amen. 
All those things that seem to snag you and hold you back and haunt you, if we would just allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Ghost or the presence of God, those things that we looked at in the past that seem to be our identification no longer are there. Now remember we said that the enemy is real crafty. He's predictable, and he keeps coming back. He says, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to remind you of the things that you did. I want to remind you of your past. I want to remind you of how you was a failure, and he tries to bring those things. But see, look, he can't make it stick. He can't get it to stay in you. Why? Because you're full of something else. All it does is stick to the surface, but it can't get in you anymore. Amen. Praise God. See, God wants you to be consumed and filled with his Holy Spirit so that you can walk free of the things that have haunted you for so long. And he'll use the word of God to begin to pour into you and fill you up to lead you into a place of victory. Can you say amen? Amen. So God's desire is for us to continue to walk in his presence, to know his voice, to find ourselves in the family of God. And as we do, we begin to find ourselves being full. But not only that, not only does God want us to be filled with His Word, He wants us to be filled with His Holy Spirit. He wants you to be consumed and filled to the brim with Him. Notice what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. In chapter 3, verse 11, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. I'm going to read that again. He says, He has planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out or comprehend or grasp what God has done. His overall plan from the, from the beginning to the end. Notice what he says here. He says there is a mystery. There is things that God has put in us. It's his plan and his purpose. And he said, nothing can satisfy this longing that you have on the inside. Listen, I know we've tried all kinds of things, haven't we? We've tried sex, drugs, rock and roll. We've tried anything to fill the longing on the inside. But only God can fill it. And when we find ourselves saying, God, there's got to be more. He's saying, yes, there's great purpose on the inside of you. But it's a mystery. It's not a mystery for you to not know. But whenever there is a mystery with God, it is always to be revealed. It is always to be sought after to find out what that mystery is. And that mystery can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, If you'll purpose to be filled with and pray with the Holy Spirit, he says, you don't pray unto men, but you pray unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit you speak mysteries. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, I can begin to pray out divine plans and mysteries that God has for my life. So let me give you another example. My kids are still of that age where they like puzzles. 
And if you've ever done a puzzle, you know, you see the picture on the cover of the box. You're like, wow, that is really cool. And if you're like me, you know, if it's like 100 pieces, it's like we're good to go. But, you know, there's those puzzles that are like 5,000 pieces. Like, no way. <laughs> no. You know, you see that picture on the front, think this is going to be awesome, and then you open up the box, and it's nothing but pieces. Right? The Holy Spirit, if we would learn to tap into the help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to be able to pray out the mysteries or the pieces of the purpose of our life. And as the pieces start to come together, it paints the picture. And for that matter, if you'll search your heart, God will begin to show and reveal the picture to your life. But he just needs you to start to pray out the different pieces and the elements to start to connect together. Amen? It's on the inside of you, the mystery. Remember, I used this example here. If I was to stick a sponge on the inside of that, if I pulled out that sponge after putting it in that glass, it would look no different. It looks like the same sponge that I put in there. But if I began to squeeze that sponge, you know what comes out of the sponge? That which it's saturated with. The mysteries of God are in the inside of you. And the more we purpose to press into God's presence, God doesn't begin to reveal the history of our ghost stories he begins to reveal his story. Amen? And if we'll tap into his story, his story will become our history. Amen? God wants you to know him. He wants you to press into him. He wants to reveal to you the mysteries of his goodness, of his plan, of his purpose. And if we'll continue to do life together, we'll see that come to fruition. Amen? Because you realize you're a part of the puzzle. You are a part of my puzzle. I'm a part of your puzzle. You all are a part of each other's puzzle. And apart from you, we're missing parts of the plan. Amen? Let's do life together and not be haunted by the ghost stories, but let's live his story. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to challenge you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does when we're in these times together is that He begins to pull on people's hearts. He begins to pull on their hearts because he desires to have relationship and fellowship. God so desires for us to not just have a relationship with the Father, but he desires for us to have fellowship. We might be a part of the family, but he needs us and desires for us to be connected. And so maybe you're here this morning, and it's, it's been a long time. There is no condemnation. God's not looking at you and saying, well, it's about time you showed up. No, he's so excited and so glad that you're here right now.
He's just elated. Maybe you're here in this church for the very first time, and maybe for you it's been a long time, or maybe you're just searching for a family. My prayer is that you didn't hear anything condemning today, but you heard and felt the pull of the Holy Spirit saying, I desire to have a relationship with you, to have fellowship with the Father. And as we come together to this place, it's an opportunity for us to say, God, fill me up. Pour into my life. Saturate me. I want more of you. So if you're here today and you say, that's me. I know that God's been talking to me. I know that God's been talking to me this morning. I want you to know it's not a preacher, it's not a man, but it's been the Holy Spirit talking to your heart. So simply respond to that. If you're here today and you say, you know what? Today's my day. Today I'm erasing the past and I'm choosing to embrace my future. You're in the right place. I'm just going to pray a general prayer. And if that prayer hits you, then you just say, I received that. That's for me. And God, I choose to accept that, what he prays right now. In Jesus' name. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. And we thank you for your dear son. We thank you that you sent him to die for us, to pay the penalty for our sin, that he went to the grave, that he went to hell and rose on the third day. God, we thank you that you conquered death, hell, and the grave so that we could experience the freedom of the Father. And so right now, we just say, fill us up, Lord. Erase the past. Continue to pour into us and allow us to experience the new. And we thank you for it, Lord, as we press to move forward, as we press to re-engage our family ties. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name that today marks the beginning of a new story and the end of an old. And we give you all the praise. And everyone said, Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life